Season 2015 starts in earnest this weekend and the Crows kick off their 25th season against the rapidly improving Kangaroos. Join the Crowcast team as we chat about Round 1, try to make sense of the Essendon saga and expose ourselves in an all-too-revealing board talk. We don't know who Glenn Buterell plays for, but we love our footy team. This is Crowcast. Thanks very much, Phoenix, for that, and uh, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Adelaide Big Footy Board uh, Crowcast. Great to have you along again this week. Peter Jay, your host for another week of sitting around and chatting by uh, Crow supporters uh, of all issues concerning obviously our beloved Adelaide Crows and um, lots of news as well going around the, the AFL. It's probably arguably, or arguably the, the most exciting week of the, uh, the AFL season this season. It's brilliant. It's round one. We're all back. We're all even and everybody is a chance. So it's just the most exciting week of the uh, the AFL year, I think. So, um, look, we'll get on with discussing a few things. We'll discuss, uh, obviously, the Adelaide-North Melbourne game, which is uh, obviously very exciting, and we'll also have a chat about things uh, going on in the AFL. Obviously, a massive night tonight being 31st of March and the uh, the big decision coming down in the AFL drugs, and we'll have our resident expert, Nikki New, of course, to take us through some of the nuances of that. All right, um, introducing everybody tonight, uh, Phoenix67, how are you tonight? Um, good, thanks, mate. How are you travelling? Yeah, I'm just there. Um, Dan Oz, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good to be here. W- WFL, how are you tonight, mate? I'm brilliant, Peter. How are you? Yeah, good. Uh, everybody asking how I am. Do you, you all know something that I don't? Uh, Nikki Nui, how are you? I'm very well. Are you well? Yeah, I'm just absolute dandy. Specious and argument. Pete, uh, is it is it just you or is the room spinning? No, the room's just uh, the room's just spinning a little bit. I have to I have to admit. Yeah, all right, you've all busted me. Oh, yeah, that's it. Okay. Anyway, moving along. All right, uh, we're going to go to AFL news tonight. Obviously, it's a massive night tonight. The uh, AFL uh, tribunal have handed down their decision, and of course, the Essendon players have been found not guilty. So, uh, Nikki knew. Um, Nikki's news tonight. Uh, obviously, all about that. All right, so apparently there might have been some other things that have happened in the AFL this past week, but it's pretty much we're just going to focus on drugs, drugs and more drugs. So, yep, Pete, you should enjoy this. Uh, We'll just start off with some quick things that Greater Western Sydney has been fined $10,000 for failing to provide adequate paperwork to a starter on player address details for testing. What I find interesting about this is that does GWS then write a check to the AFL who then just pretty much gives it straight back to them. Um, it, it's kind of a, a funny one, but it is it is very interesting that that came out uh, sort of like mid to late last week, um, that there's this whole thing that they ASADA has to have up-to-date details. If people may not be aware that a athlete um, in one of the – sorry – um, athletics. He got done for 18 months because three times the SADA tester turned up to hotel rooms to discover he wasn't there and it was the wrong one. Um, so after the third one, they just went, yeah, nah, not, not happening. And so he got, so it is a big deal that they need to, to know that. The other interesting thing then is regarding 
the two Collingwood players who have been done for this lovely drug, which is Clembuterol. I think it is. Hang on. Clembuterol. That's the one. I mean, not that I've not that I've tried or anything. Well, so this is it's Lachlan Keith and Josh Thomas. Their A sample has come back positive because it is an S1 substance. They are immediately suspended. Their B sample uh, won't be tested until the 14th of April. And so there was the whole little thing of, okay, this this isn't an admission of guilt or wrongdoing, but it's a procedural requirement under the code, yada, yada, yada. But there's been some interesting discussion regarding it as to how it came into their system. Now, this is the drug that Albert Contador was done for. Um, Michael Rogers was also done for it, but he claimed he ate some dodgy meat in China. There were a hundred and something like 111 Mexico footballers got tested positive for it, and they actually then realised that it's used quite strongly um, in farming in Mexico to make their beef, you know, a bit nicer, so that they can sell it to the US, etc. Um, so yeah, that was a little bit dodgy. So those 110 footballers in Mexico were actually cleared because it was inadvertent use. But there's discussion that how this came to be in the Collingwood players might have something to do with the fact that it's now rumoured to be cut with cocaine, um, which is incredibly ridiculous because this particular drug causes heart attacks and some whole things. And you're putting that in some coke, that's a bit interesting. No, it is a cutting agent. Yeah. It's also quite expensive. Um and there are rumours doing the rounds today that two other players have tested positive um, and some names were being bandied about, which includes the um, housemate of these two Collingwood players who doesn't play for Collingwood but does play for another team that starts with C, coming from Melbourne, um, and also possibly a St Kilda player also from the state, same state that these guys are from. So it'll be interesting to see where this comes from. Because they were tested positive after the 1st of January, the new WADA code comes into play, which means if they are found, if the B sample comes back positive, four years. Ouch. Career over, basically. So it's four years for... um, And this one... um, Sorry, I've lost the word. Four years for intended use, yeah. two years for inadvertent use. Yeah, That's two right, years for inadvertent. And but if their argument is, oh, it was in some coke I took, I don't think that's really going to wash because there's an illegal substance you're not supposed to be taking as well. Well, would they then fall under the illicit drugs um, regime? Well, they could do, but the at the. The AFL licit drugs regime is that you get your three strikes. So this could be, oh, they kind of might have done it, but we're not allowed to tell you, but everybody kind of knows. So who, who knows exactly how it did come in? The players are saying it's inadvertent. They, they have no idea how it got into their process. The Collingwood um, statement and the press conference they did was once again light years ahead of what Essendon um, did, which then brings us on to what happened today. So, where do we want to start with this? I kind of wasn't surprised that they were found not guilty. I was hoping that there would be enough evidence that they could link it. There seemed to be enough links there, but um, the three tribunal members are very learned uh, members, so I have 
no issues with that. Why I was quite strong on it was that I thought if the players got done, this is the only way we can have ramifications for the support staff who really should be looked at quite seriously. Um, I was talking just previously before, but what we found very interesting was the Essendon um, players, when they did um, their press conference, not one of them was wearing Essendon gear. They were all in civvies and not one mention of the club during that whole thing. The AFL, in their statement, gave the club a whack. The AFLPA gave them one hell of a whack. Um, Who else has had a go? Oh, Ben McDevitt's comment was very interesting where I think, what is it? He called it one of the most disgusting things you've ever seen? Yeah, pretty much. Utterly disgraceful, I believe, are the words he used. I've got it here. I'll find it. Nikki, was he just sooking, or do you think that that's a, a precursor to a, an appeal? Uh, knowing knowing his background, there's no sooking coming from Ben McDevitt. Um, he was, the former, I think, the former deputy of... Um, head of the Australian Federal Police who got headhunted to um, head up the um, Australian Crime Commission in Queensland and then has been headhunted again, we're, we're pretty sure, for this Asada one. Uh, here it is. I've got the, the exact quote from him. What happened at Essendon in 2012 was, in my opinion, absolutely and utterly disgraceful. It was not a supplements program but an injection regime and the players and the fans were so poorly let down by the club. I think that's a disingenuous statement, you know. I mean, they've had two years to present evidence to say that something's occurred at Essendon that that doesn't comply. They've been found in in a tribunal um, to not prove that was the case and yet, and then he's used his press conference to give him another whack. What, he hasn't he, had a press conference yet. This was just well, a little statement, a statement that was released. That was it. The press, uh, they're going to have a press conference tomorrow, which is Wednesday. Um, 11 a.m. So it'll be interesting to see what's said then. But I, I think he's deflecting. I think uh, the spotlight needs to be shone on Asada because if they couldn't prove this in two years, they've thrown a sport upside down. They've messed with players' lives for two years on evidence. They've already flip-flopped because initially they were going after AOD and then when they realised the stuff up, they decided to go for thymosin. They need to be seriously looked at. It's, it shocks me that they couldn't compile evidence in two years. I don't think they were going after AOD first as you come. I think they were just looking to see what exactly happened to get as much evidence as they could find. The problem is that these substances couldn't be tested for. So all we found is how hard it is to prove um, well, my, my that this happened. Report, though, my, my standard report was that, um, and, and the finding was the tribunal was satisfied that Dank purchased TB4. He was, well, they, they, there was evidence to suggest that it was uh, compounded by the pharmacist. What they didn't have was evidence that directly linked it going into the arms of the players. So I think the case was, you know, circumstantial cases have been made. There just wasn't compelling enough evidence to punish the players that they were given the substance. So I think Essendon are certainly guilty, but the players aren't. Or at yeah. least can't be, can't be proved to be guilty. And I think what it was was that they had a fair idea that these 34 players, these were the ones who possibly were given the TB4. They couldn't be certain exactly which ones it was because there are no records. There's no – so it could have gone in some. It might have gone in all. But they couldn't definitely say yes. So I think that's where the tribunal just kind of went, well, you can't prove that. So we can't can't take the whole lot out. We can't – um, do the other, so they've cleared them. 
The dank thing, though, is that his um, and Asada did state that it was Stephen Dank. They're not referring to him as an Essendon support person. We don't know his verdict yet. Now, he's been charged with trafficking. So that means bringing those drugs onto the premises. So depending on what comes up about his, that's where there could be some more ramifications for Essendon as a club, which is where I think it rightly sits. Well, I think the, the tribunal stated the tribunal stated they were, they were satisfied that Dank had received those drugs. So I don't know how he's going to get off. Where have you read that, Specious? Because I haven't read anything that – the only thing I've read from the statement from the tribunal was that they were comfortable – they were – Satisfied that TB4 or thymosin beta 4 was um, a suspended, uh, a, a prohibited substance under the under the guidelines, but I haven't read anything that actually links it to Dank or Essendon. Uh, that was the Age website, I believe. I'm just looking for the link for you now. Yeah, my my dad, um, he was here earlier, and he actually said something that there's been a little bit more information about um, from the tribunal about what they said, and they. They apparently had the tribunal decision. They had a bit of a whack towards the club, but I haven't seen anything on that yet. So that's why I hadn't kind of mentioned it. But if they have, that could be why there's a little bit longer waiting on the dank thing. Um, they said it would be after Easter has come out. And he was, and I, they did provide a, a list of the number of drugs. All of them are banned substances. There were about six or seven they had on the list, which were the ones, a lot of the ones which were shown in interim report but also this may not be over because what 21 days before Asada and Wada can appeal so that, that leads me to my next question Nikki can you just um, perhaps for the listeners benefit take us through the appeal process because obviously there's two potential processes uh, to take place and that is obviously the Asada appeal but then also, um, I, as I understand it, if uh, they don't take a pick at it, then uh, then WADA can also then make their appeal. Can you just take us through that? Yeah, so they both can appeal, but they appeal to different um, bodies. So an ASADA appeal will go back to the AFL tribunal again for them to rehear it and to rehear ASADA's argument. The WADA appeal goes direct to the Court of Arbitration and Sport, which is based in Switzerland. Now... They can actually both appeal that at the same time. I think why Asada have said that they'll hold a media conference tomorrow and they said they will um, talk it over tonight, I think they're going to have a chat with WADA as to about what to do. And it could also be that they finally release a lot of that other information to WADA um, and we'll, see, we'll, see, we'll find out what happens on Wednesday, I, th- I think. Um, whether they will appeal towards it or not, or they may wait a little bit and see what happens regarding Dank too. So there's a, there's a few little what ifs going on. Yeah, Phoenix, I was I was confusing um, Charter with with Dank there, so I apologise. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Charter's been an interesting one as well. There's incredibly dodgy people all around regarding this. It's it, it should it should have been hopefully one hell of a wake up call for most of the clubs, but considering the Collingwood players who've just been done for Clembertol. It's a bit stupid. And, and of course, Crowley over in Fremantle. Is any, anyone else getting the feeling like we're barely scratching the surface of the um, drug problems going on with the AFL? Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, I think it's been, it's, it's been imitated for a very long time. There's always been certain drugs. And Charter himself has worked with Wo- what, Shane Wo-Woden, 
um, during his Brownlow medal winning year and Shane Woden thanked him in his Brownlow speech and kind of stumbled over the off for dietary advice, which made everybody go, hang on. And of course, he worked with Heard, Luke Darcy, which is why Luke Darcy has been um, so strident and defensive regarding Charter and um, some of the Essendon um, things. And I think that's why Luke Darcy got the Robinson interview because he had the link with Charter. There, there were a couple. Uh, Simon West was another one. I think there were about five or six names that was known that Charter had worked with um, in, for AFL players for dietary advice, as they called it. Charter actually uh, was interviewed on SCN this afternoon, extremely hesitant to answer pretty much any questions. Well, he's got a few issues with customs regarding importation of some of these things because he'll come out to try and say something to help Essendon, but that kind of hangs him. So he's really caught between a rock and a hard place regarding those. Again, I think the problem with Asada is is not so much the process, but the fact that they don't really have that much power. They didn't have power to compel or subpoena any evidence from any of the major players. Um, you know, if it wasn't for the AFL holding a joint investigation with them, they probably wouldn't have been privy to as much information as what they ended up having access to. Um, and given the hype that surrounded the announcement, you know, the darkest day in sport and all that, you would have thought that preceding that announcement there was some fairly compelling evidence. And as it turns out, two years later in the sport thrown upside down, there is what amounts to nothing. Um, there's not which nothing. Is ridiculous. Well, there's nothing that can be proven. I think it amounts and, to not enough. Yeah, that, well, that's, the, that's the thing is because it's so circumstantial, because these drugs can't be tested for, this is what's proved how difficult it is for Asada to actually do that job and get them. Um, they didn't have, yeah, you're right, they were a toothless tiger, which is basically to do with the federal government and how it was set up. The halfway through this, they went back and they tried and they got some changes made so that Asada now has more power. They can do a bit more regarding compelling, which basically means that somebody, they have to turn up to interview. They don't have to answer anything, but they have to turn up now. Whereas previously, Asada could say, we want you to come in for an interview and you just kind of thumbed your nose at them. So they've been given a little bit more teeth, so to speak, but I'm actually with you on that, that it, why it's so hard for them is because they are hamstrung by what's in the legislation. And that's all well and good, but the legislation was in place and had been in place prior to this whole saga commencing. And if they were a professional organisation that was, that was well run and well organised, they would have had an idea of the strength of their evidence prior to, like as, as it relates to um, the need for, um, you know, proof um, prior to, to going down this road. I mean, it just it blows my mind that they, did, that they had such a weak case. Yeah, I'm with you, Phoenix. They've been, they've been kicking this can down the road for about, almost, what, almost three years now and pretty poor to end up uh, coming up with, with zero. I saw a, an article just online before we came on air and it was, uh, I think, it, the, the, chap, the, the former head of ASADA, Ing. Oh, uh, really? Ings. Yeah, and he, you know, he, he mentioned that there needed to be an independent you know, inquiry, um, ex, probably internal or possibly external, 
to, to really get to the bottom of how this investigation took place. You know, he got sacked. So everything he says, you've got to take within that context. He flips and flops between attacking Asada because he's got a little bone to grind against him because of what happened to do with him being sacked and him going, oh, no, it might be this. And a couple of times he's actually quoted the act and he's been wrong. So I take what he says with a grain of salt. Watch this. Uh, I guess we watch this space and to see uh, you know, what ends up happening in terms of appeals and we'll be a little bit clearer next week uh, as to, to how that's going to play out. Anything else happening around Nikki other than the drugs affairs? Possibly, but um, this seemed to take up most of the airways because it's starting last week with the Collingwood players and then that went over the whole week. Oh, the one other thing was that um, I did mention last week that the AFL Players Association asked to be part, uh, party to the next broadcasting rights. The AFL's knocked that back and said, nah, you're not allowed to, it's only just us. And funny enough how Eddie um, Maguire's just kind of coming, oh, yeah, they shouldn't be a party to it, um, which didn't surprise me at all. But... The footy starts on Thursday and I can't wait. There was an interesting article today um, penned by Brenton Sanderson regarding, which is a bit of a fall on the sword type of, it was a very odd article if you ask me, um, almost smacked of um, a mea culpa and please employ me again. Um, kind of bizarre. Did anyone else see that? Yes. I've learned from my mistakes. Please give me a job. Pretty much. Yeah, because what did he say in there that what he thought his failings were, it was about I think what most of it talked about, had heard about on the board, which was his lack of communication um, with his coaches and also with a lot of the fringe players. Was there anything else in there as well? Inability to organise his time, um, prioritise his time, um, crisis management. Um, You know, like you said, Pretty much the things that have been covered in the media and and that we've chatted out on on the board, uh, the timing and the um, motivation for such an interview, and it was published in the Geelong Advertiser, which adds another little interesting uh, aside. Oh, why would you do that? I don't know. Depends on if they actually asked him. Is this going to be a regular column column from him for that? He's got he's you know he's got to earn his little crust somehow. So yeah. that. Because is he going to be on Fox Sports as well, yeah. Fox Footy? I, I heard he might be doing some stuff on there. Maybe. He's got that gig with AFL and with the development um, um, Yeah, the high, the high school yep. teams. But I, I just don't know. I mean, if you get sacked from a place, you, you don't go to your next employer going, well, you know, I got the sack and, you know, these are the reasons why. I mean, you learn from your mistakes, but you don't expose yourself to that extent. Yeah, it was an interesting voice. Um, I did hear about it, but I hadn't got a chance to read it yet and I was in two minds as to whether I really wanted to or not. I actually think it reflected his coaching style. It says too much and it's it smacks of spin and ulterior motive. Harsh words, mate, but yeah, I, I, I tend to agree and, and he just um, can't seem to stop uh, tripping over his own feet and, and, and some of the stuff that he puts out. He, um, he did it when he was coach of our side and he continues to do it. Similar to that comment about the um, the weather in Brisbane after that match. But, you know, why would you, why do, would it? you do it? Oh, my God. That was just uh, absolutely hideous. All right, look, uh, on that note, we probably should uh, wrap up the AFL news for the week. Thanks very much, 
Nikki, as always, your research is absolutely first class and we really appreciate the information that you bring and the knowledge that you have. If you like to, uh, if the listeners out there would like to join us on bigfooty.com, uh, log on, have a chat, come and uh, give us some feedback, tell us we're idiots, tell us whatever you want. Uh, it's a free forum to come and have a chat. So log on, follow the uh, the links to the Adelaide board and um, you'll uh, you'll enjoy it. You're passionate about your footy. If you also want to drop us a note on Twitter at BF Crowcast uh, or get onto our Facebook at uh, Crowcast as well. Right, are you blokes? Our joint ownership agreement is up at the end of the year, and I thought it'd be good to lock something in early. No, mate, I've already signed up. Can I have a beer, Roo? No, mate, in season. You know what happened last time. Stupid bloody media. So, what about it, Paddy? Ready to sign on? Roo, I love the pub, I love the city, I love you, bloke. Yeah, yeah, I know that danger, but I want to lock you in. I've heard a few whispers about Aries Pub back in Mog. I love the beaches, I love the weather. I love the wines, I love the flint. Okay, look, I'll come back to you, Danger. How about you, Sloaney? Ah, oh, mate, everyone knows how much I love this place. Yeah, I know, Sloaney, but I need a commitment from you, mate. Look, mate, I reckon it'll take care of itself. Everyone knows how much I love the place. Just one beer, mate. Tex, shut up. Look, fellas, the place is just about to take off, but I need to know you're on board. There's some big fish out there and I want to land one. Yeah, love the fishing, love the town. Love the country. Mate, everyone knows how much I love fishing. Oh, look, you blokes. You're going to have to let me know soon so I know what's going on. Love Murray. Love Bunyip. Love Zoo. Don't have to tell you how much I love the place, Roo. Just one beer, mate. Come on, it's my pub. Tex, shut up. It's our pub, any. Who's that bloke sitting over there? And welcome, everybody, to another... Ah, come on, Peter. More energy and polish. Love, give us another red... Don't know, Rue, but I love him. I love the sky, love the trees. Everyone knows how much I love the trees. Oh, I give up. Tex, where the... Hey, Tex, what are you doing? I'm getting a beer, mate, and I signed for nothing, so it's on your tab. Yeah, all right, get me one too, but tell him Danger and Sloane are cut off till I get their signatures. And don't serve that bloke talking to himself in the corner. Looks like he's been on the turps all day. Love the birds, love the ground, love the parks. Love the air. <laughs> I don't need to tell him how much I love the air. Everyone knows how much <sighs> I love the air. Jesus. I think I'm just going to go home and have another kid. At least I know that's a sure thing. Right, uh, moving along, we have got round one, and we're very, very excited about that. We've uh, got the home game at Adelaide Oval, first game of the season, of course, Adelaide and the Kangaroos. How do we see that match, people? Carriage in. Lovely. Yeah, the, the, the first team's going to be really interesting for me as to what we've seen over the preseason and what Walsh is going to, to pick. Um, and then the actual game itself is going to be interesting if if we're going to get the full Walsh game plan or whether he's still tinkering a little bit. Whether we, whether we get in a Thompson and a carriage game practice and um, we miss out. I think Tomo will play and I think Podsy Adley will play. I think they're both experienced bodies that we need against a, a big body experienced team in the Kangaroos. So I think those two guys will play and you know, everything, just to answer your question, Nikki, I think that everything that's come out of the, the presses from Phil Walsh 
where he's uh, saying that everything has been geared uh, towards round one. I honestly don't think he's going to hold anything back. I, I think this is going to be the, the real deal. I don't think we're in a position to you know flirt with ourselves like that. I, I think that what he's got to bring to the table, um, he'll be bringing it all on on Sunday, and um, and they'll be leaving it all out there. But that, that's as I see it. Yeah, the first game of the season, I remember listing uh, quite a number of players. They all talk about it. It's actually the hardest game of the season to play because you have such limited match fitness and it takes about two to three weeks. So who can run on in that final quarter is going to prove very interesting, I think. Oh, they've had three weeks of nav challenge now. They should be pretty match fit. Yeah, but this is often when they've they've had those preseason games. They still say it's a step up. It's so hard, and everybody treats round one as if it is. Um, there's more points on the line than just the four. Everybody wants to get that first win. There's no doubt the first quarters are usually pretty intense because, um, as you say, um, opening stanza and everyone's uh, been training for four months for it. Um, I'll be interested to see. Um, how he decides to set up up forward because uh, we've had a few different looks. And I'll also be interested to see how he uses um, pods if he gets elected, which Peter, I think he will, um, and how our matchup. I, I think the, the game's going to be won and lost with how we match up and how successful we are in our back six. I think we underestimate a little bit how uh, pods could assist us this year. Now, last year, he was in there to repl- effectively to re- replace Tex. Um, he also didn't have any support from Lynch. And so what we found last year a, a lot with Pods is that he was playing that lead-up role. And um, whereas this year, those positions are effectively covered. Both Lynch and Walker are fit. Um, and so they will be playing, well, so far, they've been playing you know, away up the ground uh, and, and leading back in. So I think that you've got a flexibility there with Pods too uh, as a, a spare man in defence. But I think there's a real opportunity for him to uh, to be getting in behind um, the Kangaroos' defence a little bit and um, and maybe trying to create some some one on ones closer to goal. He does read the play really well, which is such an advantage for that kind of position. And interesting that he played in defence as well in the SNFL trial. I just think you know the Kangaroos or any team is going to have trouble if they're, they're trying to pick up Walker, Lynch, and Jenkins. And then if he, you know, particularly if Podsy has been, you know, that, that spare man in defence and he's able to just to drift forward, possibly unaccounted for. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice little handy option to have there with those hands of his are so good in contested marks. And specifically in this game on the weekend where many good big forwards in Petrie and Waite and Brown, they have those swinging options as well to problems just like we can create problems for them. I think their height's going to be a real problem for us. Um, I don't think, Peter, we're going to see much of Podsy Adley down forward because I think we're going to have our hands full, particularly if they gain a bit of an ascendancy in the middle and just leading, that leads me to also comment on the Jacobs-Goldsmith matchup, which I think will be... Yeah, him. Um, I think that's going to be pretty key because if if they can get first use with their height down forward, I think we're going to be in a lot of trouble. So our midfield really needs to pull their finger out to put the pressure on like we saw in the Port game so that they can't get those free passes into the forward line. Well, Goldstein has given Jacobs a touch-up a couple of times, um, and I think Jacobs was actually quoted 
during the week is saying he's going to going to be at have to be at his best. So that's going to be a really pivotal um, uh, matchup, I think. You know, Phoenix, I was just about to uh, chop in and say that uh, he has struggled against Goldstein in the past. Uh, hasn't been a great matchup for Source. So hopefully he can he can bring the A game on Saturday. Speaking of the midfield, um, how do we see Cam Ellis Yolman? How do we see his chances of selection? He obviously was a good performer, really better than a good performer. He's one of our best performers in the, in the preseason. We have to think he's a very very strong chance to play. Well, with Crouch out, I I think it's a definite in, um, and yeah, because they said they were going to get pretty much for everybody to have two games, and he had all three. I think if they're going to play him, they're going to have to start him. I'd hate to see him uh, with the sub vest on. Um, I think you play him and start him and allow him to continue to play that in and under role um, or you don't play him at all. I wonder what the possibility is of um, Tomo guns in the green vest. Oh, that could be interesting. Only um, yeah, give him part of a game. Uh, I, I wouldn't think so. Uh, if he's not fit um, to run out a full game, they won't play him. I, I may, I'd actually be a little surprised if they play Tomo. I think they'll give him another week. Carriage yeah. is a bigger chance. Um, I don't think Tomo will make it. And I think I'm going to stick my neck out and say I reckon they'll uh, they'll start Curly in the guts at the start of the game. I, I think Walsh loves him. You know, uh, he doesn't give much away, but he's he's spoken about the fact that he's watched Curly from afar last year, um, and, and he's been you know he, uh, quite effusive, and um, he's obviously had a lot of confidence in him. He's giving him lots of game time. I reckon he will uh, he will start. He, he wants to give him that confidence, and I think he'll start him in the guts first bounce. Agree with you, hundred percent there, mate. Make that three from three and four. Geez, I've got to have afternoons like I've had this afternoon more often. <laughs> You're very lucid, mate. Um, what about danger? Um, split between the midfield and up forward, what do you reckon? I think he'll probably play more in the midfield than in the forward line. But he's dangerous when he goes up forward, so it's a very nice option to have. I think it'll depend a little bit on how the game's going as well as to when Walshie pulls that move to, to move him up forward. I, I think Walsh has hit upon a system where he's got his collar workers that are going to go in and crash and bash, and he's not going to have danger having much to do with that at all unless we're getting absolutely caned in that area. So I think he will take that opportunity to, uh, to start danger up forward, and I reckon it's a really, really difficult matchup for every, any team. It's got so, a bit of de-jarman about it, hasn't it? Uh, spot on, mate, spot on. And the last time we had him doing something like that, they were very nice years, those two. I think that's a that's a great comparison, Phoenix. It's 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 exactly that type. So, what about our wings? Who do we think is going to rotate through there? Do you think Smith is going to be sent to the back lines, or is he staying on the wings? I think they'll try and keep Brody in the midfield. So, I think that they'll they'll probably use Henderson for their for their rebound out um, of defence. I think Laird will keep his his spot. Um, Matty Yench, I'm not sure about. Uh, I think he could be touch and go. But I think that their, their release player is going to be Henderson and that should allow Smith to uh, to stay in, in the midfield. And, of course, you have Brown on um, Thomas, who's blanketed him, him him before. It's a very good matchup, man. In our favour, so we like it. Yes. 
And their big danger, of course, through the midfield is evil. Um, do you reckon we'll run with him or do you reckon we'll just see how it pans out? Oh, they've got an outstanding midfield, a really big, hard-bodied midfield. And, you know, there's evil, there's Cunnington, uh, there is um, Swallow. Fantastic. And now Higgins. Vastly underrated player. Oh, Sw- Swallow's so good. but And now they've got Higgins. So there's another nice, big, solid body they've got in there who can run all day. But does Higgins play forward or centre, or do they play more in the midfield? That's the question. Or do they play him behind the ball? He's one of those players who can play anywhere. I think they're going to want to give their forward line as much space as possible to let their tools be a threat. I wouldn't be surprised to see only Thomas and one other in there and a lot of their midfielders just running through um, rather than having Higgins up forward. Um, I think we'll see a... A five-man forward line from North Melbourne, three tools and two shorts. And watch for Petrie to empty that area out and taking Talia with him and isolating Hardigan and, uh, and wait. Absolutely. So that's, when, so that's when Talia needs to be a bit smarter about seeing what's going on and to when he can actually leave Petrie. Oh, I don't think he's going to be able to because Petrie's got a fair engine on him. Um, it's going to have to be a positional change, I think, from Walsh rather than dropping off um players um yeah, i don't think i don't think we can afford to have talia doing that so then do we go back to like when we used to have rutten and talia was just, okay you guard this space and it doesn't matter which player comes i'm in this space and this is what i'm guarding so it could be that okay we'll say to talia if he leads out one of the others has to go with petrie instead so if we do have pods back there it could be pods who goes with him for those further up the ground four rays so Talia can stay back. My personal gut feel is that Walsh is one to um, to have confidence in his players, so I think he'll go with direct matchups and see how they go rather than a, a zoning-type um, playbook. So I think you'll see Talia on Petrie. I think you'll see Hardigan um, on... Uh, pro- actually, you could possibly see Hardigan on Petrie with body size and... and um, Talia going with weight. It'll be very interesting to see how they match up. And Matty Wright seems to have got the nod for uh, the other small forward position besides Eddie, of course. Um, I guess at the start of the season we would have thought that Charlie Cameron would have occupied that position, yeah. but he just doesn't seem to have grasped uh, the nettle and uh, they, they seem to like Matty Wright in there. Well, interesting that they played Charlie in the midfield in the SNFL trial, and he didn't play up forward at all. He just played completely in the midfield. Yeah, different standard of footy, though, I guess, Nicky, and, and I guess they wanted to try and get him involved a bit more because one of the criticisms of Charlie is that he just doesn't get enough ball, even though he's in that sort of he's only been playing that small forward position. So I, I guess giving him a run through the midfield at state league level just gives him that uh, that that bit of uh, bit of touch. So I reckon that the one thing that we, you know, we just have to be incredibly respectful of the Kangaroos. They were a top four side last year. They've added, they've strengthened their team. They don't appear to have any, um, any major you know, injuries or outs. Um, they probably have a couple of their defenders a little bit underdone where they had interrupted preseason. But otherwise, you've really got to uh, pay them some respect and think that it's going to be a very, very difficult assignment on Sunday. So it should be a cracker of a game, which is what, always what you want in the first round. Yeah, I think so. So just a whizzing round. What do we see as our tips, lady and gentlemen? Crows by a small margin. Crows. 
Uh, I think um, the kangaroos might just tip us with their tools this week. No, I'm back on Walsh again. It's almost sickening that I can agree with you about three or four times tonight, Phoenix, but I, I do have to agree with you. I, I've tipped North Melbourne to win this one. I just think that they'll be a little bit too strong. And I don't think that'll be any um, slant on us. I, I think that you know we'll improve this year, but I just think that they're definitely challenging for top four. You know, They're a very, very experienced outfit, and um, I think that they'll just be very, very hard to beat. Pete and Phoenix, I think that you're both forgetting the fact that we slow starters to seasons. Yeah, they. what is it, the last four years, five years, they haven't won a first-round game? They've not won a first-round game under their current coach. That just means they're closer to winning one. But I think I think actually North Melbourne are going to hit the ground running this year. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't um, be surprised to see them top two after the first half a dozen rounds. I think on the back of last year, I think they've got some momentum. Well, as Phil Walsh has been saying the whole time, there's no honourable loss. Yeah, tend to tend to agree with that again, Phoenix. I'm, I'm going to stop agreeing with you now, but just quickly before we wrap up this segment, um, have you been drinking? <laughs> um, the only way it would happen. We wrap up, we wrap up the segment. Um, what? Do, how do we think uh, we'll, this year will turn out in terms of uh, bolters and sliders? Just you know, looking around at the other teams as well. I've got um, Sydney and Frio to drop out of the eight, and I think Brisbane and uh, the Crows are going to bolt up the ladder, gaining, you know, five-plus spots each. I think Collingwood's definite slider. Um, and West Coast, unfortunately, with the McKenzie injury, I think it's going to drop them down as well. The Bolters, though, is a little bit difficult. I, I reckon North could be up there. Um, I'm hoping the other Bolters us. Yeah, I think Richmond are going to um, struggle this year and I also think that Geelong actually are going to struggle this year. I think that they might just have uh, hit that age um, unless some of the youngsters come on. Um, I think they're going to struggle. In terms of bolters, uh, certainly Gold Coast, I think this year are going to give everyone a run for their money. Um, and I'm pretty bullish about the Kangaroos this year. I think they're going to give it a good shake. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty close to that as well. Um, and North Melbourne will probably be the three side. Collingwood will slide and will be bottom two. Ooh, big call. Bottom two. Because there's Western Bulldogs, St Kilda, GWS and Melbourne that they're fighting those for. Yeah, I reckon GWS too. I think it's St Kilda's um, wooden spoon to lose again this year. Uh, Mel- Melbourne will be out of the bottom four this year. I don't think Carlton will win too many games either. Oh, they co- their coach begs to differ. Right. Uh, Bolter for me will be the Gold Coast and also Kangaroos to an extent, but, I mean, they were a top four side this year and I also tend to agree with Collingwood. I think they're going to have a really, really difficult year this year. How do we all reckon um, this finding today is going to affect Essendon? Do we, do we see them... Um, spiking, because, you know, just on the back of the positive outcome? I think they're... No pun intended. I was just going to say, I think their, their pre-season is going to be so interrupted and so much ment- uh, emotional energy is going to be put into not knowing what's happening. I think this year they'll be a middling side at best. At the very, very least, this weekend they will get pummeled because they've had no match practice. And as Nikki pointed out previously, this is one of the toughest games of the year. Um, Sydney, hardened side have had a solid pre-season and I think that uh, they'll, uh, they'll belt Essendon. 
And it's on ANZ Stadium as well, and that's a big ground. Oh, it is. I didn't realise that. Sydney don't start well. Sydney don't start well and don't play well at ANZ. They don't, but I reckon this is their this is a pretty fair chance for them to do so. You, you cannot replicate match practice. You just can't. Is the roof closed? <laughs> it's in Sydney. It just rains. Alrighty. Um, Moving on, uh, thanks very much for that. And uh, just a reminder to everybody to uh, look us up on bigfooty.com and uh, get in touch with us through social media. We'd love to hear from you, love your feedback, and uh, let us know what we could do better or what we do worse. Or if you just want to call us a bunch of dickheads, then uh, you've got every right to do that as well. Alcoholics. Yeah, all right. Um, the final thing All of you tonight, except we, me. We've had, we've had uh, the last couple of weeks, we've done board talk and we've had some victims come along and we've uh, had Phoenix harass them and give them all sorts of questions. So we thought that this week we should uh, put ourselves under the uh, the chopping block. So I'm going to throw over to Phoenix and he's going to put us all under the microscope. Yeah, I'm not going to go easy because at the end of the day, I'm holding the button, so you can all get stuff. Um, I th- thought we'd just quickly run around and do the dirty half dozen without getting too carried away, but maybe if we just go around the panel, just a couple of brief words about how you got involved with Bigfooty and um, you know maybe a story if you have one of some particular incident. Start with you, maybe Danos. Yeah, so I think I joined in 2010 in stalking for two or three years and never really found a reason involved. That's awesome. Nikki? Uh, for me, apparently it says I was February 04 when I joined. Um, I reckon I was lurking a, um, quite a bit before that. Um, I moved to Canberra, so I needed my my footy fix and discussion. So that's kind of where it, it sort of helped me stay sane and whilst I lived in Canberra. How about you, Pete? Oh, mate, it was purely by accident, actually, that I got hold of Bigfooty and um, all it was was that I was actually Googling some other issue and um, I'm just having a look at my phone. I'm seeing that I was actually uh, December 24, 2008, to be precise. Uh, so, yeah, I was just looking for something else and on the uh, the Google search, it, it brought up a link to a Bigfooty thread and so I just pressed that because I had absolutely no idea what it was. And uh, when I got in there, I thought, what the hell have I stumbled onto here? And uh, never left. Speechless. Yeah, so for me, 2012, obviously the Crows were having a great year. And I was just looking for places to, you know, living in Victoria, trying to find places where people would talk about the Crows and stumbled across the uh, big footy board and never left. How about you, Waffle? Mate put me onto big footy. And I haven't looked back since I've been on. Funnily enough, he's not on it anymore. I suppose I can understand that being a West Coast supporter, you probably have another pastime that you want to take up after Big 40. And what about you, Phoenix? Um, well, I nearly outrank you, Nikki. I'm August 04, but I've got probably the lowest time to post ratio of anyone on the bloody board. I've just passed 3,000 posts, I noticed just then. And I, I saw that. Congratulations. Yeah. I came on for a couple of years and I just kind of lurked for a while and it really wasn't until probably the last three years that I've been more active. But the initial reason I joined was there was something going on and I wanted to see if there were any rumours or any scuttlebutt about something. And I have a feeling it was something to do with Geelong, but I can't remember. Brad Ottens comes to mind, but I don't know why. Um, so, yeah, it was basically to, to find the goss. 
So I'm the senior member out of all of you lot. Apparently. On big footy anyway. So, Nikki, does that, does that put you in the silver hair um, knitting at the football brigade? I do know that I do know how to knit, and my hair is red, not silver. Got a rinse through, have you? Yeah, got to go gin. Certainly explains the fiery temperament. <laughs> I'm fairly mellow on the board, actually. I, I think because I'm trying to um, remember when I actually got nominated to be a mod, and I think it was only it was like an 05 or 06, so it was fairly early on that I had. So I kind of had to be that nice, gentle post. I was the nice one. Kane was just the one who had the signature on the bottom that um, said, don't argue with an idiot. They just bring you down to, the, to their level with experience. So he was the one who used to um, sort of really get into people, and I was kind of – I was like the nicer version. So, Nikki, you're saying old habits die hard? I think so. But I've always had the the whole thing of – you you don't quite know what that person on the other end is like um, and you don't know how they're going to take it. Words can be misconstrued quite easily on the internet, so I'm always – I tend to think before I hit post. Nah, that's overrated. <laughs> how many red cards do you have? I, the other day was my first day off, I reckon. <gasps> I don't reckon I've – I reckon you once gave me a warning about something. Probably was swearing. Kept, it was very petty. I remember thinking that's that's just petty. Did you um, avoid the swear filter? Because that was my main thing. Yeah, because back then it was a bit tighter on I don't think you could say shit or anything like that. No. Um, whereas now we can say shit. Well, because the board has uh, was, was a PG-13 rating or something like that, so that's what we kind of got drilled into us a little bit um, by Chief, that you had to make sure that it had to be at the level that four, cause it was 14 that people are allowed to join 14 years and older. So it had to be acceptable for that level. Certainly it's been interesting to see the power shift over the years. I mean, when I started, Stiffy 18 ruled the boards. Mad Dog was there. Uh, Macca 18. Macca 20 what? Who was it? Macca. Macca 23. Yeah. <laughs> Do you forget that number? Yeah, but it, I couldn't remember. There's a couple of Maccas. But there were a few old guards. Stiffy 18 was, was very much the um, the revered poster and Chromo was certainly the troublemaker. But such a good troublemaker at it. And then we had Outback Jack as well and a few others. Oh, God, Outback Jack. He was a nightmare. I only had the, the one holiday in the seven years I've been on and that was, funnily enough, against the Game Against Fremantle, uh, the semi-final that, uh, that we won um, in 2012. And uh, funnily enough, that day I was actually working to state and um, had spent two or three hours in an airport lounge, uh, of all things, and flew in for the game. And um, in my uh, state, I uh, hopped on after the game and had a bit of a chat to the Fremantle board and um, made a couple of posts and ended up with a, a one-week a one week holiday from the Fremantle mod. That doesn't sound like you, Pete. Game day thread? No, he Pete wouldn't be naughty in a game day thread. I'm completely even tempered. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about you, other guys? Any you other ones had um, some instances, close calls with cards? I had a yellow once for um, telling people on and on the, out of the board what I thought of them, but uh, I, I thought it was completely unjustified. Had a yellow. I've not not even come close to a warning. <laughs> I got told off for bullying the other day. 
which I think was ridiculous. <laughs> Sounds like you need to get laid. <laughs> no, it wasn't that one. It was a different one. <laughs> okay. Anyway, moving right along. So I'm going to go around and do the um, dirty half a dozen, and what I'll do is ask each question and go around, and if you guys can answer based on the order that we're sitting in our little program, that'll be awesome. Um, so the first obvious question, you guys, is danger leaving or staying? I still lean towards staying. I say staying. I think he's going to stay, actually. I think he's going to leave. Now, I, I, that's going to be an unpopular opinion, but Geelong's gone very quiet, and I think that when they were pumping up their tyres, I think he wasn't going. Now that they've gone quiet, I'm a bit more worried. Leave. Yeah, I think he's going to leave too, and that's in contrast to what I've been saying up until he came out and had that double-A interview the other day. 50-50. All right, duffel coat question. So if you had a duffel coat... Who would you have on it, Danos? And uh, why? I've never even considered this before, so I'll come back to me at the end. All right, Nikki. I've never really had one either, but um, oh, maybe Eddie. Bit of an 18. Why? No, that's the only Eddie that really counts. Pete, you'd have... Um... I have 18. Who do you have, Pete? Without question, mate, number 21, the rat. Speechless. Sean Wren ever saw with 52 on his jumper, so I'd have to go Sean Wren. Oh, we, go, we, we don't have to go to current players? Oh, it can be whoever. It can be Kate Upton for all I care. Oh, for me then, definitely would be um, my most beloved TV character, who was Mr. Ed. <laughs> Why? Just love the show, mate. And, and, and funnily enough, when I, I went through uh, university and I was on my last subject and uh, unfortunately the, um, the lectures for that particular subject clashed on a Tuesday and Thursday morning with reruns of Mr. Ed. So I wasn't prepared to um, miss Mr. Ed and I wasn't prepared. I had to watch it live even though they were reruns and uh, I ended up actually failing the subject. But they, but they pushed me through because it was my last subject. So I love him. Well, does that mean I can change mine to a Carl Urban then? Oh, my God. All right, I'm going to start this again. Danos, <laughs> you can pick anyone you like. Who would you like on your duffel coat, Danos? It's a, it's a tough question. I think at the moment I'm leaning between Charlie Sheen um, or if I was going to go foot because number 19 is my number and the last number 19 of any note, Mark, Mark Stevens. Stevens. Awesome. Uh, Nick? Actually, if we're going old school, my sister has a 44 Guernsey and Peter Caban, his heroics in the 98 grand final against Kerry and all the things that happened around her Guernsey, I reckon a 44 would be good. Pete, you're sticking with Mr. Ed? No, actually, I'm, I'm, now that I've had a chance to think about it and, and now that my <laughs> head's absolutely clear, of course, I, I think I'd be going for my favourite ever footballer who was uh, the famous number nine for Carlton, Kenny Hunter. Yeah, no, sorry, we're going with Mr. Ed. Specious? Can't be children. <laughs> How about you, Waffle? Andrew McLeod. Yeah, I'd have to, um, for a footballer, I'd have to say D. Jarman, um, one of those two flags. I actually had Neil Craig on the back of my duffer coat when I was a kid. What a, what a square I was. Um, but you have T. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, yeah, so D. Jarman for me. 
Did you see the game um, at Footy Park where Neil Craig got punched by the supporter and the umpire gave him a free? No, I didn't see it. Was it who was he playing for? Sturt or Norwood? I think it was Sturt. Um, yeah, he was up by the fence at Footy Park on the outer. Um, he got the supporter kind of leaned over and punched him one because he was lining lining up for goal or, or something like that. And um, yeah, the umpire gave him another free kick. That's fantastic. Um, all right, next question. Oh, this is going to be interesting for you, Nikki. Um, Kylie or Danny? Danos? Kylie the Green Fairy. Might leave you till last year, Nick. Uh, Peter? Almost almost had Kylie for my duffel coat question, but um, having been to three concerts I'll line up to of Kylie's, definitely Kylie for me. Specious. Got to love a cougar. I'd go Kylie. Waffle? Kylie. That's amazing. I think it was 2-1 Danny before this, and now we've absolutely blitzed it with Kylie. I'd go Kylie as well. I've got uh, a, a secret, well, perhaps not a secret crush on her. And uh, Nikki, what's your answer here? Uh, it's Kylie because I know somebody who was involved in a film clip with Danny, and Danny was a little bit of a precious princess. So I got some inside gossip regarding Danny and also how plastic her face is and the very visible scars. Um, so, that's... yeah, Kylie. I don't know that all that surgeries to look like look more like her sister was ever a secret. No, it wasn't, but the um, little scars above her ears, actually, normally you hide it, it goes into the hair a bit, but her surgeon, it's a bit more forward and a lot more obvious. Yeah, well, actually, no, no princess there for, for Kylie because uh, people would probably forget, you know, that she, uh, at no charge, she got off, up off her coit and, uh, and went to Timor and played for the troops, so she's very, very popular. And she played with the living end, and it was awesome. And she got the girls out in the delinquents. Oh, yeah, that too. And she's a gay icon. I don't know. And she looks great in shorts. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Hot pants. Uh, yeah, that'll do. If you could meet one poster, who and why? Danos? Um, I, I'm thinking maybe Big Fella. Because... I just seem to get along with him fairly well uh, on the board. The similar interests. Oh, that sounds like a, I hope big fella's listening. Perhaps we could get the two of you together and um, watch Sparks fly. Um, Nikki? I reckon Wally would be good right now because he now works for the club and recruitment, so there'd be some nice, interesting chats that you he's know you could have there. He, he's not on the boards anymore, though, is he? No, he's not allowed to. Um, his account, I think, is still active, but, yeah, he's not allowed to post because he's a, a member of, he works for an AFL team. Um, the other one actually was I've had quite a few chats over the years with Macca 23, and so I'd love to actually sit down and just have a nice little chat with him. How about you, Pete? Uh, before 6 p.m., I think uh, I, I'd be uh, quite interested to sit down and have a chat with Sanders, and uh, if it was after 6 p.m., then definitely slippery Pete. Aren't they the same person, surely? Um, specious? Yeah, I'd have to go with Andrew Webster just to see if he actually is Andrew, uh, see if he's uh, Michelangelo Ritchie. Did you see someone posted a link to an article written by an Andrew Webster in the, what was it, The Age, I think? No, he's a, he's a sports journalist, I think, in the Sydney Morning Herald or something like that. Correct. That's right, yeah. But did some did you see that Michelangelo Ritchie is actually a member of the Adelaide Football Club because he got a... Um, Pride magazine. Or if he claims it on tax. How about you, Waffle? I'd say Sanders because I'd like some free chicken. 
free chicken. I'd look. I'd love to meet Alex. I'd just so that I could confirm my suspicions. That he is Jason Alexander. I don't want to elaborate on what my suspicions are. I'd just like to confirm them. And he listens to the podcast too, so next um, thread's going to be interesting. Well, he won't come on, and you know we've offered him exclusivity with a one-on-one sort of sit-down expose with Peter. Um, he's being a bit cagey, so come on, Alex, fire up, son. Um, we we'll okay. have to start a hashtag campaign. Get Alex on the Big Footy Crowcast. Yeah, let's do that. Um. All right, well, oh, is this number six? I think it is number six. Final one, Crows make the eight, yes or no, down the board. Yes. Of course. Very strong chance, I think so. Yes. No doubt. I'm going to say no. Just to be the contrarian? Just to be the, just to be the contrarian. I um I think we'll do well, but I think there's a few teams on the move this year, and I don't think we're going to be quite ready yet. I think new new coach Spike here. I think we've got um the same pretty much the same team from 2012, but better coached. They've got 40 more games into them. I reckon we're going to top four would be good. I'm I'm predicting five or six. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair estimation. On if if everything goes right, no major injuries. I think that that's a pretty fair call. Well, I'm tipping two to drop out, and I reckon the two to replace are going to be Gold Coast and Essendon. Essendon made the finals last year, didn't they? Yep, they did. Yep, went out to oh, North in true. the first game. Yeah, that is true. Oh, well, someone else, not us. Oh, no, not, not the first game. They got, was it prelim? Oh, or Essendon. No, it was the, the second final they um, got kicked out by North. Who'd they beat the first week? No, they beat Essendon in the first week, Geelong the second week, and that got to them to, got into a prelim against Sydney. I'll tell you the other person I'd like to meet, Campbell's Chunky. Yeah, good call, mate, because he uh, he's obviously close to the action. I'll tell you who is mysterious too is the metric system. Yeah, you better yeah. post that often. But always he, he's good on info. the money. Yeah, good info usually. No hype, just comes in, nails it, makes off. I've been trying to work out what the metric system might actually, where the, you know, the play on words might be, but I haven't been able to make the connection yet. Anyway, that's um, that was a compelling dirty half a dozen with the um, Crowcast board. Um, so back to you, Pete. Let's get out of here and um, look forward to the game. All right, thanks very much for that, Phoenix. Uh, great segment once again. Always very popular with everybody to uh, to see what's uh, what's behind some of the people that post on the Big Footy board. All right, that brings us to a close tonight uh, from the uh, the Crowcast. We've had a, a great evening. It's been really uh, enjoyable. Appreciate all the contributions from the panellists. You've all done uh, tremendously well. Thanks, Specious Nikki, WFL, Danoz and Phoenix. And obviously, Phoenix, thanks very much for your technical work as well. And um, everybody, uh, just um, letting you know that uh, we've, uh, we're just working on a few things behind the scenes here with the Crowcast. And um, hopefully we will have some news for you in the, uh, the next Crowcast of uh, uh, some very, very special guests coming up. So stay tuned and uh, we're hopefully that, hoping that, uh, that that special guest will uh, lift the Crowcast into the stratosphere. So uh, it, will be, it will be great stuff if it comes off. 
All right. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. Uh, we enjoy it. It's good fun, and um, we're, uh, we're glad that there's a few people tuning in. So uh, until next week, have a great week. Enjoy your day at the footy, and uh, we'll catch you back on the boards. Bottoms up, Pete. I think you've had enough. Taxi. Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to Crowcast, brought to you by Casmara Event Technologies for all your live audio and studio recording needs. See you at the footy. Turn that button off.